Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. So this morning, we're putting the spotlight on Kate Forbes, who's rarely out of the news at present. Uh, she is the SNP uh, leadership uh, candidate, uh, the woman of immense Christian faith. And uh, she is uh, leading, indeed, she's uh, caused all sorts of controversy in uh, England, Scotland, uh, Wales, here in Northern Ireland, but to a lesser extent in Northern Ireland with some of the comments that she's made. Because I think we're more used to evangelical types being involved in, and I, maybe I shouldn't say types because that sounds uh, slightly uh, condescending, and I don't mean it to sound like that, but uh, people of a, an evangelical uh, set of beliefs uh, being more involved in politics than they would be in other uh, parts of the United Kingdom. And uh, Kate Forbes, of course, uh, told uh, Sky News that her faith means uh, having children outside of marriage is wrong um, and something that she personally would seek to avoid. Very young woman. She's only in her very early uh, 30s. Uh, she's... Um, the finance secretary at, at present. She also said that the transgender double rapist Isla Bryson is a man. She's absolutely uh, clear on that and she does not support making it easier for people aged 16 or 17 to change uh, gender. And uh, also um, she's made a number of points about her faith, but she believes that indeed she could easily be a leading politician, that she's not imposing her faith upon anyone. Uh, she has uh, uh, views on equal marriage that are certainly not in keeping with legislation. Let me speak to Alex Kane about this. Alex, good morning. Morning, Frank. Uh, Alex, I've just been going through some of the examples of Kate Forbes over the last number of days, and we're not as shocked here in Northern Ireland because we've met as a politician in Northern Ireland who'd have very similar views to Kate Forbes. Yes, we would have. and I, I think the whole issue, it, it, in one sense, it's not new, Frank, because once you are elected, once you become an MLA or a politician or MP or even a local councillor, you get into that battle of what's always known as faith versus personal faith versus the party whip. Because when you when you are elected, particularly if you're, if you're an MP or an SMP or something like that, you are going to legislate, you are going to vote for and against uh, uh, regulations and laws in the country. And there will be things you will be very uncomfortable with, and maybe moral issues, it may be socio-economic issues, but with issues which are directly opposed to your personal, your purely personal beliefs. So you then have to decide, is 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 the interest of the party, is, is the interest in, in keeping the party in government more important than your own personal faith? And if you think that your personal faith is more important, how likely are you to damage your, your career or your, even the chances of re-election if you say to people <laughs> on your, you know, on your ballot or in your, your, your manifesto, 
I, I will always put my faith, my personal moral beliefs uh, before um, uh, before Mammon. If you like, I will all, I will not render unto Caesar. I will always render unto God before I do anything else, and that raises enormous challenges for people. Um, I think in her case, I, I don't know. Do do you applaud her for saying this is what I believe? And uh, I have a huge difficulty with all of these issues. Or do you say, if you have huge difficulties with all these issues, you know, why do you belong to a party which is in many cases legislating for them? Why do you belong in a parliamentary system uh, which is, is promulgating this legislation? And why, for goodness sake, have you not made an issue of it long? But why are we only finding out about this right now? So I think, yeah, it, that personal faith thing is... It's very, very difficult for any politician. Can you lead a party and have a personal faith as deep and as extreme as hers is? And I, I say extreme, not in a negative sense, but she doesn't, she, 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 she doesn't verge towards some form of understanding of how other people may lead their, their lives because her faith totally dominates her personal decision-making, but it may not at all impact on her professional decision-making. Yes, I, I think that's an, an, another um, a problem that they, they, they tend to have. I'm just trying to think, it, when you're making legislation, bringing a personal thing, let's take, um, for, for example, um, same-sex marriage um, in, in Northern Ireland, which was a huge problem for a lot of people, particularly in, in to the right of unionism, even in the centre of unionism as well. And I remember, I remember being asked, uh, invited come back maybe eight or nine years by a number of people to discuss it to say because I, I'm, I'm known to be an atheist and um, we, we went through this and like I said I understand your understand your moral position I understand where you're coming from in terms of your religious beliefs but I said let's take it to the political if you if as unionists you were saying that Northern Ireland is part of the United Kingdom and if you're saying you want to remain part of the United Kingdom as unionists do you then continue the argument by saying, but we don't want to be the same as England, Scotland and Wales. Somehow on this particular religious or social moral issue, whatever you want to go, we want to be different. And I think this is your dilemma. You've now reached the point in this case, and you'll find it in other issues as well, that do you say in voting against something which could, you know, which makes Northern Ireland completely different from the rest of the United Kingdom, are you in some way damaging your unionism? Are you saying that Northern Ireland is different? It's not the same. And if that is the case, then you're saying that your personal religious belief on an issue, your personal moral stance on an issue, trumps your personal views on Northern Ireland's membership of the United Kingdom. But you're saying you want to be part of the United Kingdom, but you don't want equality of citizenship. And I, I say, I just left them the thing, you have somehow to square that particular circle between unionism and equality of citizenship and your own personal belief where you seem to be saying, if you have a vote on this issue, you're saying to people, yes, we are unionists, we believe in the United Kingdom, but in terms of this particular issue, we do not want you to be treated as citizens of the United Kingdom. And I think for many politicians, and for Forbes as well, this is that's the central issue, Frank. It's where the two collide. It's what I said earlier, it's where that what rendering onto Caesar, which is rendering onto the, the bigger world, if you like, and rendering onto the, the, the God you believe in, whether it's a Christian God or whatever your religious faith is. For a lot of politicians, I think they get rounded simply by taking the bigger issues. They say, I understood all of this when I became a member of Parliament. I understood my loyalty to my party, my loyalty to my constituents. I also understand that if we have legislation, which might have existed even before I became a member of Parliament, which, which might be revisited, 
you know, I have to, the bigger issue is equality of citizenship. You make your case, and if you lose, so be it. But we now, in the Forbes case, seeing something slightly different, where someone who has been perfectly honest, whether you agree with her or not, she has been honest. She said, this is what I actually believe. I actually believe that certain things are wrong. And it's possible that, fair chance, she's not ever going to be SNP leader. Also a possibility, I think, she may also lose her seat because she may discover that a lot of her constituents will be saying, we didn't know this about you. Which again raises the further question, how much do we need to know about people who present themselves for election in the first place, let alone how much do we need to know about people who might be cabinet ministers or prime ministers or first ministers. It's a huge area that we've tended to ignore, Frank, and we ignore it simply because sometimes our own party colleagues or our own constituents or people who support just the party outside of voters it's easier for them not to know rather than to tell them the truth and then give them a terrible dilemma about what they then do in terms of voting. Yeah, like honesty is a, a wonderful accolade. It is it is something that should be applauded in all quarters, but it isn't something you associate with a politician. Well, it, <laughs> thank you. Sorry, I can't help laughing. I spent my life talking to politicians and such, and some I wouldn't trust to take my dog across the road. But you know, because honestly, a lot of them, I think, a lot of people who go into politics. I have to say, the majority I've met who have gone into politics go in for, I think, the best of reasons, and they do. Many of them, including those people I met, some of them I mentioned to you earlier about the dilemma between their personal belief and the quality of citizenship. They do. It, it, it's a challenge. Someone who is a, a, a professing fundamental Christian, not some sort of extremist, but someone who believes in the Bible, believes that there are lessons to be learned from what Jesus says, believes that there are much bigger issues and debts we owe our fellow people, but we must do it from a position of honesty and integrity. Those people do have enormous um, challenges, and and many of them do. Many of them will say to you, uh, I am a Christian, but when asked, when when you push them, they will say, look, I will make my argument. I will will say I'm against same-sex marriage. I will say I'm against uh, certain reforms here, I will say I'm against this or against that, but when it and I will make my case, I will argue my case, and if it's lost, fine, I will stand by the decision. That's how they render unto Caesar. So they can they can have their faith, Frank, and they can stand up for their Christian belief or whatever belief it is and say, I have made my case, but in this particular, in the world in which I operate as a politician, I accept that the rules are that if you lose the vote, you accept the outcome. And for many of them, that's how they square their conscience. They, it's the only time it becomes an issue, I think, a real fundamental political issue, is if the votes of three or four people, for example, um, who have a very personal Christian belief on something, for example, like same-sex marriage or even homosexual law reform, whatever it was at the time, if their four votes were capable of stopping a piece of legislation, then that becomes a problem for the party because... You know, then you then people say, "Hang on, so we're four Christians. Four Christians are stopping the piece of legislation going through for a society where it, at least half of them would be at best atheist or agnostic, and yet we have four Christian politicians who are telling the rest of us how to live our lives." That is when you have, a, and I think for four in Forbes' case, if she became first minister. You represent the country. You're talking about you. You're standing up for your country, not just for your party. When you're first minister, it's different. When you're prime minister, it's different. You are, in essence, almost like an epitome. You're representing the country. You're standing up for this, you know, the beliefs and the values and what, what underpins the the, the the morale, all of it, of the country. And you know, so I think 
if you try and if you are planning to ever get to the you know find the the greasy pole or get to the highest pinnacle of political power, then yes, I think there comes a moment when you have to sit down and have a really serious conversation with yourself about how far, as I say, you can can you cross that bridge between rendering onto Caesar and rendering onto your 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 moral compass. It's and I think some are, some will just turn out to be thundering hypocrites, Frank, because they. The, the power and the prestige and the bubbles will, will ultimately end up mattering more. Um, I mean, off the, off the top of my head, Frank, I can't really think of any politician, you know, and I could be wrong, maybe some of your listeners will, will ring in and tell us, but uh, many politicians have said, my, my Christian belief on this issue is so fundamental that I can no longer sit as a member of this house, that I can no longer, you know, be, be a legislator in this sense. I can no longer be in politics because I believe that the world we're living in is is crushing the rights of me as a personal Christian, or me as a, a Muslim, or me as a. Maybe it's, I think um, it, it should, I, I should remember what um, the prime minister is, but you know his own. Uh, um, um, uh, that's terrible. I can't remember what religion it is. But, yeah, the, 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 again, the, the current the current prime minister. Um, it, it, I, I presumed he was Hindu, but I'm I'm not sure. Yeah, sorry. That's that's. I think that's what it is. But so he too, Frank, will have a. When you're at that level of power, where if you're saying that your personal religious belief matters to you, I cannot think of one. And I've heard many politicians have, have said that their religion is a, is a fundamental part of their makeup, but I cannot think of any who have resigned because of a decision taken by their party which so conflicts with their religious belief that they find it impossible to remain in the in the party or in the government that has pushed the legislation through. So, so either you just accept the you know the, the authentic mammon versus the bogus god argument or say to people, yes, we know you have religious beliefs, but as long as you as long as you accept legislative outcomes and, 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 and the votes of your party colleagues, you can somehow straddle you know, both those horses, but yeah, Frank, it can okay. be. And I think this is what the Forbes thing has proved, that sometimes, I also think some people just seem to have been shocked, because I remember listening to somebody yesterday saying, I didn't know Alex, she's, one, she's, she's my member, my MSP, I didn't know she actually believed this, until it, it came up in the conversation for her to be leadership of the party. And so things like that, sometimes it's a shock that, you know, over in Northern Ireland, you know, we, we got used to it because we knew that very many, particularly in the DUP and certainly in the Unionist Party years ago, that many of them were, were, were Christians, openly Christian. And we knew there was no shock when they told us what the, you know, that they were opposed to something A, B and C. But when someone suddenly says, I, yes, I'm bidding to be First Minister of Scotland, and suddenly says, uh, oh, by the way, this, I believe this, this and this. And when people go, hang on, we never ever knew that before. I think that is more of, of people not knowing what her beliefs were, Frank than the fact that she holds them at all. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting. One of her arguments would be that Angela Merkel was able to ride both horses and maybe uh, she would be able to ride them too if she became the leader of the SNP. But uh, only only time will tell. Uh, Alex, thank just, you. Just a, just a very quick point for a day. In Angela Merkel's case, there was no people knew beforehand. I mean, she'd never really hidden any of these her beliefs under a bushel. I think there's a, a, some sense that some people think that Forbes was not always handed in what her beliefs may have been during, in, even inside parliamentary debates before it became a public debate. Yeah, okay, okay, thank you, thank you. Uh, Alex with us here on the U105 phone-in, so... Hold up! 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 